Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Welcome everyone to uh, Girl Next Door podcast. This is something that I haven't done before that I'm, um, I can't use the word excited because I'm too sad about what's happening right now, but there's actually a story about this whole pandemic that um, isn't being told. And it's a story that's affecting thousands, if not tens of thousands of people in ways that I think most Australians are completely unaware of. And that is those that have been affected by the border restrictions and the lockdowns. And what most people don't know is that right now there are thousands, probably tens of thousands of people who cannot get into into Queensland, um, which is their place of residence, their home, Um, And, you know, people think that at the moment, oh, all you have to do is just jump on a flight and, you know, quarantine for a couple of weeks and no big deal, but that is not the case. And I want to tell over the next, um, I don't know how long this will go for, but I've got um, quite a few people that are willing to tell their story um, about what's really going on, because this is putting people in incredible financial hardship, emotional hardship, mental hardship. And my first very brave person that I want to welcome that if you're on YouTube, you'll be able to see is Kirsty. Welcome, Kirsty. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's honestly a pleasure. Kirsty and I have never actually met before until today, but we did we've randomly met and become Facebook friends <laughs> um, because of a mutual shared story. Um, but let, let me let's Kirsty, just start telling me um, a little bit about yourself. Who are you and What's your life? So my name's Kirsty. I'm a mum of two beautiful little babies and they're uh, two and four years old. I'm a wife. I'm an employee. I work 40 hours a week full time whilst looking after my kids, um, looking after the house, all that kind of stuff. I'm very busy. Um, Trying to live an active, healthy life, you know, just to do better for everyone. Um, and yeah, unfortunately at this point in time, I've been not just myself, myself and my family have been greatly affected by these, um, interstate border lockdowns and the divide and segregation, I suppose, of the States. Um, I grew up in the beautiful Whitsundays in North, North Queensland. Um, we moved away for career progression. Um, you know, we, we never expected or foreseen any of this to happen, you know, four years ago when we left um, to do what we needed to do with our careers. And yeah, it's um, we're in a very weird time. It's just, yeah, I never, ever, ever thought in my 30 years that I would ever have to go through something like this. I know, I know. It's like you wake up every day and go, surely, surely this is a dream. <laughs> this cannot be. Yeah, yeah. So- is this really happening? Yeah, it just feels so bizarre. A lot of people say that. So you're in Victoria. You've been in Victoria for a while. And so you're trying to come back to Queensland because you've bought a house here. Yeah, so um, I grew up in the Whitsundays. So I lived there for just just under 26 years or something like that. Um, And we have 
property in Queensland um, and we relocated here um, temporarily to progress in our careers, which we've been able to successfully do. Um, even myself, you know, I ended up having babies in that time and all that kind of stuff. So um, we own a house, well, we own a house here, technically. Um, it's about to settle in, in the next few days. Um, so it's not like, um, you know, we're, we're renting or anything like that. But it's, it's not, you know, that doesn't matter either. If you have to rent, you have to rent. It is what it is. But we're paying rates in Victoria and Queensland, um, you know, and because we have properties in both states, our taxes are divided into both states. So, um, you know, given that I spend a majority of my time in Victoria, I have a Victorian driver's licence now, which means that I'm a technically a... Um, new resident of Queensland, even though I've lived there for a lot of my life, most of my life. Um, and that's how they've categorised me. Um, and that's why I feel like I've faced a lot of the challenges that I have just to try and get back into my home state. Um, so, yes, we we are in Melbourne. Um, but, again, we spend a lot of time in Queensland. We, we try and get up there at least three or four times a year. So we spend a lot of money in Queensland still. Um, and we still feel like we are valued members of the community up there. We still contribute as much as possible um, and help out in ways, you know, some people might not even be aware of. Um, and that's the, the beauty of us as, as individuals. We like to do things for us and our own gratitude, not for the gratitude of everyone else. So I was able to successfully reach out to some of our um, local MPs um, and let them know a little bit about our story um, and what we've been through. And it, it resonated with them because, um, you know, in the Whit Sundays, we are a community and we are in this together. And there's no divide, there's no shame in any of anyone's circumstances. So I feel like that that was really good um, that I was able to get in touch with them and that they were able to listen to my story. And I feel like it's really helped me. So, yeah. um, yes, that's, that's a little bit about it. So yeah, interesting um, that you use the word shame as well, because I've seen a lot of that, even on Facebook, you know, shaming people. Well, you shouldn't have been out there in the, you know, gone into state, you know, in a pandemic, but we, we have a right as Australians to move freely within yes, our we country. Do. This is crazy that I've heard you even just then for the last few minutes, justifying why you happen to be in Victoria. You have every right to you know yeah. have gone down there and um and and tried to advance your career and like you said you're playing mm -hmm. rates in both places and um so how long have you been trying to get back for so our house went on the market um about six weeks ago um around about then so just before um the snap decision to pause interstate arrivals um and that was when the state government um, of Queensland shut down border application um, system and also cancelled anyone's um, passes that may have um, have been successfully approved. So you approved? Um, you approved ready to go or you were about to apply? No, no, we were about to. Um, and then that happened. I actually had surgery the morning of that happening. So um, I didn't really find out until like a day or two later that that had been the case. Now our house got advertised. Um, so it went live online and in two days it sold. So um, we were in a position then where 
we had a very eager buyer um, that wanted to settle early and we thought that that wouldn't be a problem. But lo and behold, you know, we had to wait two weeks before we could even apply for a board plus application, um, you know, so that my kids had a roof over their head at the end of the day. Um, so we could go back to our home up there. So that was two weeks. And then come around on the 5th of September, um, they opened up the application system a little bit earlier than anticipated, which was great, but not so great because it opened at 8 p.m. And I couldn't even get on the site at 8 p.m. And I've heard, I don't know if the numbers are correct, but I've heard that the numbers within the first few minutes of the application system opening up was within the thousands. Yeah, I heard so. Thousand. Yeah, within the first couple of minutes. And I mean, it takes a couple of minutes to do a border pass application. Yes. So, I mean, these this just shows just how desperate um, our Queensland, you know, folk and, um, you know, even our Australian folk are to move to the great state of Queensland, the sunny, the sunny state, the great state, you know. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't get back onto the website until the uh, 6th of September. And I wasn't able to get my applications in for myself and my um, three other family members um, until well, just just before quarter past three in the afternoon. So um, I was at a major disadvantage there because obviously it had already the the application system had already been open, you know, twenty hours or something. And, um, and yeah, give, a lot of people had it. Give people some context in there because we're talking. We're talking hours, minutes, because you and I understand what's, we are. Going, on. We we are. Understand what's going on. So, yeah. Taken, so we're now, as of today, the 30th of September, and they have taken weeks to process the first right. 10 minutes of people that have applied. Like Correct. I think they're up to 8.30 when they opened at 8 p.m. on yep. the 5th of September. They've only processed people from 8 o'clock to 8.30 and you obviously yeah. didn't apply to the next day. And then there are people that have applied. My family member applied not until the 22nd of September. Yeah, yeah. It's um, absolutely mind-boggling um, how they had two weeks to improve this system and implement it so it ran smoothly. And I feel as though as a government, they should have good brains behind them when it comes to the technology um to implement these sorts of systems and it's just it's just been a failure in my honest opinion and that's just my opinion but to only have gotten through 30 minutes of applications in 25 days yeah. that's not good enough that is not good enough I um yeah I were, were you my applications sorry yep sorry my application was in for 24 days before I was granted um, approval. Now, the only reason I was granted approval was because I um, raised an exemption request. And in the end, because of my search situation where my house here is settling and I don't receive any government benefits, so I don't get any family tax, I don't collect welfare, any of those sorts of things. I'm employed, I'm a taxpayer. I don't actually qualify for any government housing assistance or temporary housing assistance. So for me, um, once this house settles, I would literally have nowhere to go. So I fought for 24 days, over 60 hours on the telephone, 
probably more, probably close to 200 emails sent in those 24 days um, to have an exemption granted for us to expedite our, um, our processing time because oh. we literally were working off Buckley's. We had nothing. We didn't know if we wouldn't be forced into a hotel at $300 a night for how long. I don't know. So that was my case and that was my plea to the government and to Queensland Police Services because, you know, it's a breach of our human rights. You know, we should be able to move freely to protect our children and put them in a house to sleep in rather than being told, oh, you'll just have to sleep in your car on the street or you'll have to go to a homeless shelter or you'll have to go seek. Yeah, yeah, I was. So the thing that really um, pushed me, it was around about day 12 um, after, you know, oh, let's backtrack a little bit. It was, I, when we applied, it was we were told three business days to get an answer. Those three business days passed. Um, and then we, a lot of the applicants got a email to say that we recognise there's been a lot of um, applications and we are exceeding the three days as advised we are now working closer to 10 business days and I thought yeah no fair enough whatever got to around business day number 12 and I had a conversation with a person on the 134 COVID line who was not at all um sympathetic or even in a situation where they felt they wanted to listen to my situation um and my experience I guess the only way, the only thing that I can think of is that they'd had a hard day and, you know, that they mentally just could not process any, process any more of these, um, you know, devastating stories. You know, it, it would be really hard being someone on that other end of the phone listening to these people beg, um, you know, for something else. However, use their actions and their um and their words which really hurt and really offended me and actually really um frustrated me to a point where I was like no enough is enough I've waited the 12 business days now you've had your time we need something to happen and again it wasn't until 12 days later that something did but I that was enough for me to be like you know they don't care about me they don't care about my kids you know I care about everyone but I can't I can't fight for everyone. I, I'll, I'll try and help, but I need to look after myself and my family and my children um, in this particular situation. So I thought, no, nah, I'm not backing down. You've messed with the wrong mother. <laughs> so, um, yes, I was told um, to seek help from the Victorian Department of Housing. Now, we are in a housing crisis in Victoria. I wasn't aware of this. I, um, I'm, I'm fortunate enough not to have to, have to be aware of it, but they have a 10-year wait list for a Victorian commission home or any Victorian housing, um, emergency housing, um, what's called like um, placements. Um, Now, to be eligible for that, you must receive welfare and you must receive your family tax or um, your child's, um, your, you know, um, benefits when it comes to single parenting and things like that. So I, anyway, wasn't eligible, but even if I was, it's 10-year wait list. I told that to the um, the operator and they, they, then they turned around and said, well, you'll need to go seek help from a women's shelter. And I was like, why? Like I'm not in a position where I'm affected by domestic violence or 
um, financial hardship or anything. These shelters are designed for women that are experiencing um, physical and emotional domestic violence or family violence, um, hardship, things like this. I said, not only would I be taking away from another mother and her cubs, but I'm not eligible for this. I don't receive any benefits. You have to have a healthcare or a pension card to get that. Um, and even still, it wouldn't sit right within my heart to take that away from someone that was in immediate danger, um, you know, at the hands of their significant other. So I explained that to them. But just that suggestion, I was like, you really have no idea, do you? Like you're sitting up there in Queensland, none the wiser of what's going on down here. And you're suggesting that to me. Like you don't know my situation. You haven't even asked and you're making those sorts of um, sorts of suggestions and they're not helpful in the slightest. So that was what really fired my fight. Um, and yeah, that, yeah, that was a real eye opener to me. I was just like, I cannot believe these people are in these call centers, you know, working with such. Go? Where was your husband going to go if you went to a women's domestic violence shelter? Sleep on the street. <laughs> I really um, don't know. Unbelievable. Pathetic. Pathetic. Yeah. So imagine, I mean, you've obviously got some fight in you and you've worked out who to email, who to phone. Do you think if you hadn't done 200 emails and 60 hours of phone calls that you would have gotten that? No, no. You're yeah. just another in, you're just another number in the government's deli. You know, you've got to wait for your number to be drawn. Yeah. Um, and that's not good enough. You know, yeah. they are saying you can apply for an exemption, but the only way you can get an exemption is if um, somebody is, um, you know, on their deathbed, which, you know, God forbid nobody's in that situation where they have to go and, and you know, go and sit by somebody's bedside or if you need um, emergency health um you know, like a, something that isn't offered in other states that only Queensland offers, which isn't much because their health system isn't that great and advanced as yet. I hope it will improve. Um, but there, there is very, very, very strict criteria to get an exemption. And there is people, you know, camping out in their cars on the border of Victoria, or New, uh, sorry, New South Wales and Queensland with severe health conditions and they're not even allowed to drive the 30 minutes up the road to their homes where they can be comfortable in their own beds safe warm um and you know be able to live you know in in those situations that they're in so it's um yeah it's a very incredibly frustrating system and it's it needs to change it needs to have a very big overhaul um and it needs to be it needs to be fixed really in my opinion this is, the, this is the frustrating thing which you and I were chatting about earlier is you just get ignored you know like I you do I've emailed a couple of different um politicians some of whom I've met and they don't even re- they don't even reply it's like I don't know what to do. Obviously, I'm trying to get a female, um, a female, a family member back as well. And you just, I just, you just don't know what to do. You literally feel like a pawn in the hand of the government. And then they stand up there and say, oh, we're trying to keep everyone safe. And, uh, you know, you and I are in a Facebook page with over 3,000 people so far and counting who are in your position trying to get over the border that are stuck. There was one lady, I don't know if she's a single mum, but she put up a video last night of her in a tent in the storm that we had mm-hmm. in the rain um, just saying yeah I hope this rain holds off just over the border here 
in a tent, there are so many people that are homeless and the uh, the mental and emotional toll. Can you maybe just talk about that for a moment? Just I know that you've had a roof over your head, but, you know, the, the, the mental and emotional toll that this has taken on, on you and your family. Yeah, it, um, you know, we I've struggled with mental health for the last 18 months, but we are living in completely different circumstances down here in Victoria we're isolated from our family that only live maybe 20 k's up the road we can't see them um I have a two-year-old who's spent most of his life confined to our four walls um we don't have readily available access to psychologists everything is video health but in saying that most psychologists are not taking on new patients I've utilized probably every single free service that there is when it comes to mental health but unfortunately they're at capacity now and they can only really take calls and stay on the line with you if you are in immediate danger of harming yourself. So when you get to that point, um, sometimes it feels like what's the point of even calling them because they just don't have the resources to help or, you know, even if you do reach out to them when you're at that point um, of you've just had enough, um, you know, the police resources and human welfare resources are not strong enough to come out and do welfare checks and put you in um, touch with anyone. So the mental impact this has had on me in the last 24 months is um, I'm going to say PTSD worthy. Like I feel like I haven't slept over an hour, an hour and a half a night for, for weeks because I just can't fathom the idea of my kids being put in an unsafe situation. And I've even idealised the fact that if I, if I took my life, that would be devastating enough for my husband and my kids to get out of here. That would be devastating enough for the government to give them an exemption to travel into Queensland. Now, that's the type of thoughts that you get led into when you are already struggling internally. You start doubting yourself. You start um, thinking my husband and my kids are better off without me um, because I can't do anything for them. I'm doing everything that I can and it's not enough. I'm not enough. You know, what I know isn't enough. You know, what I'm doing to contribute to society isn't enough. What's the point of being here? It's been really 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 tough um and I'm just grateful that I have a supporting husband and I have two beautiful babies that I look at every single day and that gives me the motivation to just keep holding on for that little bit longer so the the mental impact that this has on everyone everyone it doesn't matter if you're the strongest person in the world it's just devastating. And, and then the roll-on effect, you know, there might be wives in Queensland that are fully uh, that are 30, 40 weeks pregnant and ready to give birth and their husbands are stuck down here because they had to come to a work conference. Yeah. Or there's pregnant women that are in Victoria trying to get up to their husbands or wives or whatever um, because he made the move six months ago and set up the house ready, made the nursery all prepared. Um, and they can't get up to their husband and now they're at a point where they can't drive because they're so can't fly because they're too pregnant 
and they've got no one to hold their hand in the birthing suite down here whilst they give why she gives birth to their baby so it's it's devastating and that's just touching on little bits of it I just can't even I can't I don't even have enough time to to go into too many of the situations that I've read but um what what I have read is um is enough um for me to to say that's that's not good enough we need to we need to unite and we need to get together we need to use our brains um for the better um you know we need to um really just come together i guess um as a community and as society and just help each other get through this time i think totally so what would you say finally because i know you've got to jump online and do your online work soon <laughs> um well cho choose which of these you want to do either either what would you say to people feeling discouraged right now who are in your situation or the other thing or you can answer both uh what would you say to people who are like you know judging from keyboard warrior and going well if you got stuck it's your fault which I've seen a lot yeah of. look I I've had a few of those um keyboard warriors and a lot of people say to me well why did you leave well I don't know about you but I don't own a crystal ball and I couldn't foresee this happening so why did I leave I left because I have a good paying job that pays taxes and you know I'm supporting um you know a lot of things when it comes to my tax my husband is in a, in a very high tax bracket so we pay a lot of tax we came to further our careers we don't just come here for a leisurely holiday um you know but you know at the end of the day these people are out there they just really are having a tough time themselves you know hurt people hurt people um so I would take it with a grain of salt I've got back on there and defended myself in struggling times was it the right thing to do no because it just encourages them to keep going um, so I just ignore that as much as you can. And I know that that is not easy. Some of the things that I found was killing with kindness. You know, I just say, what a poor, you know, you must be in such a horrible situation. I hope that your day brightens up and they just don't reply. Maybe it helps them through. I don't know. For the people that are waiting, I would say to them, please do not give up this fight. Your life is worth it. Your freedom is worth it. This is just another hurdle. Um, you know, life has a funny way of throwing these things at us. It's beyond your control. It's not your fault. Um, and you are good enough and you are deserving enough of to go home, whether that means to your new home because you're moving into state, whether that means to go home to your family or your family home, whatever that may look like for you, you deserve to go to Queensland and you deserve to be free and move around. And, you know, I just, please, it's not worth, um, it's not worth ending your life or, you know, anything like that over. And, you know, this too shall pass and you will get through it. Um, and there is so many, um, I'm not going to say services because there's not, but there's so many people out there who are always willing to lend an ear or, you know, just let you vent it away. You just need to reach out and someone will open up their inbox to you or, you know, give you a FaceTime or something along those lines. And for those who are in this situation, if you haven't heard about that Facebook page, it is a private Facebook page, but um, it's, it is a really good community. It's a very supportive community. So you can ask to apply. It's called, okay, let me remember, it's long, homeless, 
homeless in homeless <laughs> can't remember um the restrictions in queensland i think yeah yeah we might be able to copy and paste the link perhaps yeah <laughs> yeah that'd be a good idea i'll do that she's typing on her computer for those who are listening to audio <laughs> which I know <laughs> so sorry um yeah so i yeah i just i just urge anyone um who is in a very trying situation at the moment um i know there's going to be thousands of people that are um i just urge you to please um not to give up and um if anyone out there would like to contact me directly um you're more than welcome to um and i'm more than happy to um help you out with what i did um and how i um manage to manage to get myself and my family um a permission slip to enter Queensland so um I I will compile all of that information and make it um probably like a pdf so I don't have to keep typing it out because I'm very time poor um but I will I'll get onto that this weekend so um hopefully by the time this is live um I can offer that to anybody that would like it yeah, great. And for those of you, um, you can either contact, I, I can put them onto you via my yep. Instagram, which is girlnextdoor.podcast, which most people know, um, or um, we will put the link into that Facebook page and they can contact you through that. So, Kirsty, yep. thank you so much. It's been so nice. No, thank you. you. Um, honestly, I I, I loved, I love finding accidental friends and I, <laughs> I am. Um, I, I know. Think, incredibly brave um and incredibly uh incredibly strong and courageous and we need more people like you ditto to you and I like I I really just need to thank you as well you know you've been um you've been really lovely to offer me such great support and encouragement to keep going and you know um we need yeah like we need a lot more kind and compassionate people in the world like you as well and there's a reason why you were put on this earth, obviously, and, and to help people. And you've really helped me. And I, I really believe that you're going to um, help a lot of people. And, um, yeah, I think we'll always stay in touch. Absolutely.